On today's show, the Bucks bounce back from a disaster against Boston to pick up a really, really important win at home against the Sixers. Did Giannis make an MVP statement? I'm not sure, but he was dominant in this game. Drew Holiday locked down James Harden in his stretches. Bobby Portis was awesome off the bench. And overall, maybe this is the win that Bucks fans needed to just feel a little bit better after a difficult night a couple nights ago. Let's break it all down. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday. I was just telling Frank this, I said this the other night. There is nothing that is better for business than a disastrous Milwaukee Bucks loss because YouTube absolutely went bananas over the weekend. We normally get, you know, 100, 150 comments per show, depending on what happened. A few debates might break out. 600 comments after this loss to Boston. There were some fans that were freaking out. There were some fans that were feeling okay. There were some fans that wanted Mike Budenholzer shot into the universe and never to be seen again. It was a wide range of emotions after this show. But we thank you all for joining us. And if you're listening on the audio platform and you just want to say something, ask a question, YouTube is the place to do it. So jump over there, check it out, drop a like, subscribe, uh, comment, and all those things. It's free to do so, and we really appreciate it. I mentioned at the end of that intro, Frank, that maybe this was a win that Bucks fans needed because they've been playing so well for so long. But there's been some troubling performances against better teams. And like you said the other night, you don't want to use the schedule as an excuse, but there's different reasons for that. But you ended the show the other night saying there's no excuses for Sunday night. Both teams are going to be healthy. Go out there and get the win. And for the most part, it's a 117-104 win in the end. For the most part, this was pretty comprehensive. And the players that you want to see play well against the best teams got it done. Giannis was awesome. Drew was awesome. And, and the usual contributors as well. It was a good win. A really good win. Yeah, comprehensive. I think pretty pretty good way to describe it. And you know, I, I think it was probably in, in a weird way when you think about, you know, what it means and, you know, the cosmic significance of it or whatever. I kind of like the fact that, that the Philly actually came back, right? I mean, the Bucs um, get out to, what were they, eight for eight to start the game. Uh, it looked like a team that was very much locked in after that Thursday debacle against the Celtics. And obviously you love to see them come out with that uh, degree of purpose. I think the, the first shot they missed, they got to put back on right away. So, um, yeah, I mean, they came out shot like a, like they're out of a cannon. And, um, you know, I think, what was it, 41 to 26, I think, after the first quarter. And, you know, Tyrese Maxey was kind of just doing Tyrese Maxey stuff. I swear, I swear like, I, I, you know, he shoots like over 40% from three. He takes difficult threes. According to what I see, he must shoot like 60% on threes. And what was he, six of seven from three tonight? He was yeah. really, really good. 
uh, for the Sixers. Uh, but they needed that because I thought, you know, the other two star guys for, for Philly, you know, Joel Embiid, 11 for 25, 28 points. You'll take that every day and twice on Sundays defending a guy that came into this game averaging 33 points. He's been, you know, he's been at 65% this year, but you know, Brooke Lopez's tactics against him is, Hey, I'll give you the lightly contested, you know, 13 to 18 foot shot. I'm not going to foul you just five for five from the free throw line. Um, He's a great free throw shooter. He can get the other team in foul trouble. Uh, So they kept him off the line. He missed a bunch of threes and overall, you know, you were able to contain a guy that, obviously is right there uh, at the top of the the MVP odds and Harden. Meanwhile, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, you mentioned Drew Holiday on Harden. Um, Harden was awesome. The last time the Bucks mm-hmm. played Philly, he was huge. Uh, I think one of the stories for him this season is that he has looked like he's had a little bit more pep in his step than he had last year, but he's been dealing with, I think he's been dealing with an Achilles injury. He's missed some games lately. I did not see the level of burst from him in terms of, you know, driving to the basket and, you know, really putting pressure on defenders. We saw the Bucks, you know, at various points. I mean, there were switches. He had different guys on him. Um, you know, I think he had one step back in Giannis's face. But for the most part, um, you know, he, he really was not, did not look like he was really comfortable attacking in the way that we saw last game. And, you know, all told from him just for nine, I think from the field really wasn't, again, kind of at his best, what we've seen from him at various points this year. And obviously you just give a ton of credit you know, to the Bucks defenders as well, starting with Drew Holiday, who had four steals, was very efficient tonight, scoring the ball 18 points on 11 shots. Um, but, you know, Harden scoring 11 points on nine shots, only six assists and five turnovers. You know, at various points, they sent extra bodies at him to try to f- make him give up the ball, you know, 30, 35 feet from the basket. And it didn't feel like the Sixers ever really got into a rhythm being able to make the Bucks pay when they did show those extra bodies to James Harden. So I think just in general, really solid game plan against Philly, um, you know, kind of set our Tucker as course, you know, some other guys are maybe going to get more corner threes. Bucks don't give up many corner threes. I think we saw probably more of those tonight, just given um, the way the Bucks were sort of choosing to defend Philly. But, um, but yeah, just really good performance. And I think, you know, Giannis um, it's obviously, he, he had this, this chance, right. We talked about the three games against Philly, Denver, Boston, you know, for him to make the MVP push, you know, could he make statements in those games? I mean, he didn't play like particularly poorly across those games necessarily, just wasn't quite at his best, uh, at least consistently sort of, you know, for 48 minutes. And I thought tonight, um, you know, aside from the foul trouble, uh, which kind of came about a little bit by surprise, I didn't realize he had three fouls and he picks up the fourth um, midway through the third quarter. And I thought the key move here was Bud, bringing Giannis back with four fouls inside of two minutes in the third quarter. And that was, you know, Philly got to within 77, 73, Bobby Portis, who was great tonight, hit a three. Um, and they had a couple key plays uh, where they basically turned it from, I think, 77, 73 to like, I think 85, 75. Joe Ingles hit a really big three after a scramble. Brooke Lopez defending a Joel Embiid drive. Kind of loose ball could have gone either way. Ingles hits a three to make it 10. And then Giannis closes out the quarter against the Sixer bench really strongly. We've seen him do this before. He did this last year in that monster 40 point game. He just basically annihilated the Sixers when they kind of rested the starters and he scores the last seven points. in I think the last 78 seconds or something like that three point play 
then immediately driving length of the court for a two for one. And then, you know, just abusing uh, McDaniels on that awesome dunk uh, with 0.9 seconds left, you know, that gave the bucks that 14 point lead and they really didn't look back from there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think just kind of top to bottom, like the key guys for the bucks came through, did what they needed to do. Middleton seemed kind of quiet after that hot start, but 19 points, nine assists on 14 shots. I mean, hard, hard to complain about that. And Brooke Lopez also another big night um, against, you know, a, a, a guy in Joel Embiid, who I think the Bucks like to attack, to be honest. You know, I think they like to make him work defensively. And we saw Brooke Lopez, among others, doing that as well. So, as you said, just a really comprehensive win. They needed a performance like this. And they took some, took some, you know, took the Sixers' best shot there in the third quarter and were able to close it out and obviously keep that two-game, that two-loss cushion against Boston going. And obviously now just four games left. I agree on the point you made about the challenge from Philadelphia was was a nice one to ride out just because we had seen the fourth quarter the last time these two teams played. And also, you know, I was scrolling through Twitter as that was happening. The Bucks came out flat. They were settling for some three-point shots. I, I do think that Philadelphia came out to make a response after halftime. So there was, a, there was a bit of both. I don't want to just blame the Bucks for the offensive struggles there to start uh, the period. And then it was just some tough shots made from the Sixers. But to be able to respond mid-quarter, I, I think is nice because that was what they were unable to do last time uh, these two teams played. So a pretty good challenge. Philadelphia are just really good. You know, it's going to be rare that you have a night like Boston had the other night against Milwaukee, which was why it was so jarring because that's not normally the way it works. These 18-point leads are not uh, what they used to be in the NBA. So I thought yeah, pretty good uh, mental stuff from the Bucks to be able to ride that out and, and then get back on track uh, offensively. We'll talk more about Giannis. And Drew, as the show goes on, and I think we should give some love to Bobby Portis as well because I thought uh, he was really good offensively and sort of picking his spots and getting to the areas that he knew uh, he was going to be able to score against this team. Uh, we'll talk about price picks before we do that, though. And if you're not aware about price picks and how it works, you pick two to six players, and if, they'll go, if they score more or less than their price picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So... Yeah, points, rebounds, steals. Maybe it's Drew Holiday. If you took the over on steals tonight, four steals, you're going to be uh, feeling pretty good about that decision. So go check it out at prizepicks.com. It doesn't have to be just basketball, by the way. There's all sorts of different sports uh, that you can get into. MLB is back. I think the Brewers have picked up a couple of wins. So you can go check that out. Uh, NHL, golf, college sports, uh, everything is there. It's safe and fast uh, and easy to use and operational in over 30 states and Canada as well. So download the PrizePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's PrizePix daily fantasy made easy. Uh, just when you talk about pivotal moments in this game as well, and maybe this feels a little less important than that final two minutes of the third quarter because the Sixers had made a bit of a run and that was when the Bucs were able to just extend it a little bit. But when we, we talk about what the Bucs did to James Harden tonight, and again, maybe he wasn't 100%, I'm not sure, but you take it on face value because at the start of the second quarter, he scores seven straight points. He hits that three that you were talking about. And he was chirping a little bit. He was feeling pretty good. And he was like, all right, now I'm going to take over this game. At that point, Drew Holiday was out of the game. Bud brought him in exactly as Harden had that seventh point in a row. Drew came into the game. He had those back-to-back steals where 
clearly they came into this game and said, okay, what is uh, James Harden going to do? He's going to get around the screen and he's going to throw a bounce pass. Or he went around the back the second time. And both times he just threw it straight into the mitt of Drew Holiday and he just grabbed it and, and took it down the other end. Then he had that play where he could have easily gone in for the layup or the dunk, dumped it back to Giannis. I know you were loving that, Frank, in the oh, extra points there for perfect. Giannis. Get, get Drew an stuff. assist. You get Drew an assist. You get Giannis. Well, not cheap, but, you know, a basket that, you know, you just get for, for running hard. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, of course, just made my heart sing. Well, it was a beautiful stretch in this game. They did sort of change the, the course of the momentum there in the second quarter as well. But it was just a reminder. And we laughed about the fact that I did the solo podcast last week where uh, the headline was, you know, is Drew Holiday scoring struggles a concern? And one of the points I made is that I still don't think, and it's not to say he can't have 30-point playoff games. I've seen it before. And hopefully he does. But his ability to just change the course of a game defensively, to me, is still the most important element that he brings to this team and being able to put him on a guy that wants to get a little bit physical like James Harden. I just thought, while it was a team, a job, no doubt, and what they were able to do for Harden, Drew's just making individual ridiculous plays like that. Uh, it's beautiful to watch. It's really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think, uh, I don't, Philly had 11 turnovers, so it's not like they had like some crazy number of turnovers or anything like that. I mean, that, that's a pretty solid night in terms of ball mm. security. Uh, but but it 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 felt like um it felt like there were more you know pick six uh <laughs> plays broke or, or uh, drew with the the four steals it did feel like the bucks were able to attack them in transition that's that's you know been something that philly has been called out for during the year a lot you know especially you know Embiid's not a guy who's you know, getting back particularly well on defense harden is you know world renowned for not caring about transition defense um <laughs> and you know, those are the your two best players. So I know the Bucks did a nice job, sort of taking advantage of that. Not, you know, obviously, first of all, you 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 start with yes, getting steals that lead to you know breakaways. Those are pretty convenient to get. Um, but even you know with Giannis, nice job, as he always does, right? I mean, Giannis obviously in transition is is a monster. Uh, but especially with Philly, you know, when PJ's in the game, PJ obviously has has a good track record of of at least being a, an annoyance to Giannis. You've got Embiid as as the back line. Uh, they're not an easy team necessarily to break down in the half court. So for Giannis uh, to be as aggressive as he was in transition, um, I thought that was important. And and sometimes it's just honestly just running the floor, right? I mean, the, you talked about the the time he runs the floor and and Drew gives him you know the the big dunk or uh, another time and there was the steal and. Uh, I think it was Drew. I think it was on one of Drew's steals. I want to say um, he throws it ahead, and Javon Carter. Um, mm. Of course, of course, Javon can like make. Uh, Giannis, nobody makes a uh, transition play awkward it's the a little way Javon Carter does. You know, he like got in front of it. It was like a touchdown pass to Giannis. Kind of Javon gets in front of it and hands it off, just kind of awkwardly, and and Giannis is able to finish for the layup. But um, but yeah, I mean, I thought uh, that that was you know part of uh, what what kind of really worked nicely for for the Bucks today and. Um, you know, again, I, I mean, it's funny. I mean, we, we talked about Brooke and his 20 point scoring performances. I, it's wild. I mean, he scores 21 points on nine out of 13 tonight, just one out of two on threes. So eight of 11 on twos had, had a, a three that should have counted wiped out on a, just a oh my dumb, God. dumb charge call like Giannis. And the game was pretty much over at that point, right? In the fourth quarter. I don't even know how you see that, though, Frank. Let's be honest. That was one of the worst flops I've ever seen. It's just a dumbass call after I mean, the pass, anyway. I, well, I'll say this. I mean, it's not a flop in the sense that, like, 
Giannis's right shoulder connected with was it Daniel House I think um you know it was basically like shoulder on shoulder but like the problem was like he wasn't you know like if if you if your right shoulder hits the other guy's right shoulder and knocks him over like that's not like you know the legal guarding position idea of a charge right like if you go right through the guy's chest yeah okay fine right but that was just such a like pre-programmed charge call and Giannis had a nice kick out on it and yeah it should have been his seventh assist and Brooks you know to call it 24th point but um but yeah and and I thought in general I mean while while we're just talking about that I mean you know, Giannis 13 to 17 from the field in this game and six assists. But I thought uh, some of the interior passing, he had a couple of really nice finds uh, to Brooke for, for layups, you know, again, just Brooke working, you know, the dunker area, working the baseline, making himself a very large human being around the basket. He had a nice alley-oop from Chris at one point, you know, so uh, just, that's just one of those things, right. We, we've talked about like the bucks are going to need, they're not going to need Brooke to score 20 points every game, but they're going to need him to, you know, be part of the answer when at times the offense gets stuck in mud a little bit and the three point shots aren't falling. Brooke is one of the guys that you can use, whether it's as a pick and roll screener, whether it's, you know, basically just sealing his man around the basket and, you know, dumping it off to him and him using his touch um, or using that little push shot as a safety valve thing. Um, obviously he's just been such a valuable weapon for them this year. And, um, just fun to see him just continue to do it. And, and again, you know, I mean, uh, overall in this game, right. I mean, Embiid 28 points on 25 shots, nine rebounds, five assists, only one turnover from Embiid, but he had four fouls as well. Um, no blocks, no steals. Brooke amazingly wasn't credited with a block in this game. So neither Embiid nor, nor yeah. Brooke credit with a block, but, um, but Brooke, those 21 points plus 12, just two fouls, uh, you know, pretty much, I mean, he, he basically, I mean, he was, he was more effective than, than Joel Embiid today. Right. I, I had to say like, oh, he just like totally outplayed him. But I mean, what would you rather have 21 points on 13 shots or 28 points on 25 shots? Right. I mean, that's, that's a really good night at the office from Brooke. And um, again, like there is no such thing as like an Embiid stopper, you know, like when to, to really slow him down, like you have to just gang tackle him, which I think teams like, you know, Miami um, and Toronto, like they, there are more teams that just swarm him and, force him to get rid of the ball bucks really didn't do a ton of that tonight um and so again it was just basically them saying like all right you know we'll we'll kind of let you get shots that are not layups but shots that you know you can make um but we'll kind of live with you taking those you know foul line jumpers and we'll live with not putting you on the free throw line so um obviously it was good enough and philly you know especially after last week right they get a what do they get up 136 against the Pacers and then 140 the next night against uh, the Celtics? Yeah, the defense has had some better days than what we saw last week. So it was nice to see the defense rebound a little bit hmm. and deliver, you know, a, a good performance. Pretty much, you know, everybody but but Maxi they did a nice job on in terms of kind of containing and um, and you know look at the three point numbers. I mean, the Bucks were 10 for 29, 34 percent. Philly was. 12 to 36, 33 percent. So it's not like you know there was some big three-point variance here that that told this story. I think um, those those are all the games, always the games that I feel best about is when you don't need to hit a bunch of threes and get really hot from three, even though they started that way. But that's not why they won this game, right? They won this game because kind of did everything else better than than Philly. And you know, obviously, 13-point margin honestly probably wasn't the uh, as did, did not tell the story of of how uh, 
how uncompetitive it got in the fourth quarter. Bucks only had 21 points in the fourth quarter, which kind of surprised me when I was looking at it. But when you factor in that Giannis pretty much sat what the final five minutes and they didn't have to bring him back in and you know they went to the garbage time unit um, late, uh, it kind of makes a little more sense. So put it put it in the bank and uh, obviously 56 wins now. Uh, pretty pretty damn impressive. And now it's just a matter of closing out the season and trying to hang on to the that two two loss advantage you have in the in the uh, standings over over Boston. Even though it got a little bit close in the third quarter there, as I look at the box score right now and it says zero lead changes, that's what you like to see if you're a Bucks fan. They led from start to finish, which is really good. Uh, just quickly on Brook Lopez, I, I want to get to PJ Tucker. I'm going to ask you about the foul that PJ had on Giannis. So we're going to talk about that uh, coming up here. But yeah, Brook Lopez offensively, it's kind of funny when those two play each other, uh, Lopez and Embiid, as you pointed to. The Bucks kind of attack Embiid a little bit. But Lopez, the way that he tries to score and he can draw those fouls and he sweeps his arm, it's actually kind of, it's a, there's, there's a bit of Embiid about the way that Lopez mm-hmm. likes to play the game offensively as well. But you're right, the history suggests that the Bucks are, uh, whether it's by design or Embiid feels more comfortable, I'm not sure, but he has taken a lot more jump shots against the Bucks than he normally does against other teams. And the five free throw attempts, as you pointed to, you'll take that every single night of the week, particularly when Giannis down the other end draws a pump fake and knocks down the jump shot as well, which I was laughing. I was loving that moment uh, there during this game as well. All right, we're going to get to PJ Tucker and that uh, flagrant foul on Giannis after we talk about built March Madness. Now, it's not March anymore, but I did just go on the website and you can still go to builtmarchmadness.com to check out the brackets that is getting us to the ultimate built bar that is going to take out this bracket. And uh, you can check out uh, the competition they've got running over there on Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar yet, you've simply been missing out. It's the best protein bar ever. They're so amazing. They won't You won't think that they're good for you, but the calories are low, the protein is high, all the good stuff, which is just really boggles the mind, considering it is covered in 100% real chocolate. Some great flavors over there from the traditional protein bars to the puffs as well. I like to get into the coconut flavors, but there's cookies and cream. All sorts of crazy stuff over there. So go check it out at built.com or go to builtmarchmadness.com right now to get your votes in. We're down to the final four in the Built March Madness bracket. Uh, this is far more exciting than the actual real stuff on the basketball courts. Go check out Built Bar uh, and you can thank me later for that. I think earlier in the season... I think we might have disagreed when the Bucks played the Sixers and I said, oh, I don't think Giannis had too many issues attacking PJ Tucker. And you said, eh, I don't know if he's been as aggressive as we've seen in the past, particularly the first game against Philadelphia. I'll give you that. I think he only took seven or eight shots or something like that. Uh, tonight was a little bit different. He went at PJ uh, a few times and seemed like he wanted to score over him. And in the fourth quarter, I think it was the fourth quarter, PJ said, eh, I'm just going to body check you to the floor. And it was intentional. I, I don't know. I mean, it's PJ Tucker. We know him well enough. But the fact that he was surprised that it was a flagrant foul call was hilarious to me because he literally came in with the forearm and just shoulder charged Giannis as he was going to the basket. Now, I don't think it's the dirtiest of all time players, but he knew what he was doing. And it was a clear flagrant foul to me. Am I looking at that through biased eyes? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if that call went against the Bucks, we'd probably... I'm sure Bucks fans would complain about it. Um, well, you have to at I least think... try and 
he yeah. wasn't trying to do anything other than fail him. So yeah, I mean, I think part of it too was just the way that that Giannis fell and the fact that he was attacking the way he was, and then he kind of gets you know sandwiched. Um, you know, kind of made it a, a bit more dangerous. So you know, yeah, I mean, it's I don't look at it as like some you know cheap shot or dirty or anything like that. I, I would say that this, especially this season, last season, it seems like those types of plays um, have gotten flagrant fouls called uh and i'm you know it's like in the grand scheme of thing like uh, the the sport right i mean people always like the plays like oh it's soft uh you know in the 80s people you know uh clotheslined each other and the, you know there was common foul it's like well that's dumb so i don't you know particularly care that like we used to let players get away with being dirty because they should we shouldn't do that um so i i'm okay with you know trying to legislate away that type of stuff um because nobody wants to see guys hurt, especially star players right. hurt on plays like that. So I'm 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 fine with it. You know, I'm I'm not gonna act like I'm kind of riled up about it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, it was just one of those things, and it, and it came obviously at a time when the Bucks were up pretty big anyway. So it wasn't like a you know some huge momentum swinger or whatever it might be. Um, I did it does it does remind me though maybe my it's kind of hard to pick a favorite Giannis play because. He had some impressive ones tonight, but uh, maybe my favorite one. Can you think of what my what? what let me ask you, Kane. What was your what was your favorite Giannis move? Because mine came in the fourth quarter against an old friend of his, who's not really a friend at all. Uh, but did you have a favorite? Well, I think. Can you, can you guess what I'm thinking about? He gets the ball on the baseline, and he's already got a taste for that turnaround jump shot. Mm. And we've seen him do it before. He knocked down one just prior to this, and he got old Jim Bob Harden biting, <laughs> and then spun baseline and threw it down for the jam. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, it was a beautiful step too. He got he got PJ on his uh, on the glamour shot. Um, you know, short baseline fade away, and and you know, especially when the game is, it Bucks were up by double digits. You know, I'm I'm okay with the Giannis glamour shot at that point. So the fact he hits that and then they get a switch hardens on him uh, and he's able to get the catch immediately turns, keeps that pivot foot pump fakes, harden bites. And yeah, the, the step through move. And, and again, it's like, you know, how many human beings can take a step through and, and just immediately dunk, right? Like th- right. these are kind of things where Giannis's tool set uh, long strides just sort of uh, allow him to, to laugh at the laws of physics and, uh, you know, cover ground that that pretty much nobody else can. So that that was uh, that was definitely a really fun one. The 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 Jane McDaniel's dunk to end the third quarter. That one was also pretty damn good. Since that one, you know, again was that seven seven point run from him to put the Bucks up ninety six eighty two going into the fourth. And again, felt like the the exclamation point response to uh, to Philly getting it pretty close there. But uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Dude, I know we mentioned Bobby Portis earlier. Can we can we have a brief Bobby Portis segment? Because I do want to shout out Bobby Portis. Yeah, man, let's get into it. Particularly Willie's ability to knock down that baseline uh, little push shot. And I don't know if you want to tie this into it. You take it where you want to go. But uh, George Niang uh, really hurt the Bucks last time they played. And tonight, the Bucks were abusing that man defensively on repeat. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Bucks at times, you know, doubling Harden or sending extra bodies. Um, it felt like last game, George Niang was always the guy who ended up being open tonight. Yeah. I, I didn't really notice George Niang on that side of the ball at all. He was 0 for 2 in 17 minutes, minus 10. I mean, j- him only getting up 
two shots in 17 minutes is probably the the most surprising thing to me, right? You think of him, he's obviously a guy that is not bashful, a skilled offensive guy, but you know, look at his box score, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero, zero turnovers. Hey, but on only one personal foul, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a night and day difference from him and, you know, McDaniels as well. Oh, for four didn't score a point uh, minus nine in 14 minutes. He was a guy that, you know, hurt the bucks had that big put back dunk in the last game. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely got talent, right? He's got physical tools, mm-hmm. him and his brother. I always, I always mistake Jaden and Jalen. Um, his brother plays for the, for the Timberwolves and is, is the better player, but um, McDaniels is also an interesting kind of tools. He very, very Maury type of guy to go after. Um, but yeah, I thought Bobby Portis just, um, you know, eight for 11, two for four from three, 18 points plus six in, uh, in 28 minutes. And the block he had, I, th- I believe it was on Tyrese Maxey, right? Maxey drove. And I believe it was Maxey that, that Portis just like swatted the ball out of bounds on, which, you know, as much as we love Bobby, the interior defense, not generally pretty good, not generally one of his strong suits, not generally the reason you've got him out there, but yeah. Um, the fact that you were able to, to play him, you know, there were short periods where he had to defend Embiid and I thought, you know, there was that stretch after the Bucks got up to the big lead and it was in the second quarter. Um, it was, and I don't know if it was the end of first or, or sort of second quarter, but, uh, we saw them go to that zone for a short period and, you know, we've seen it, right. I mean, like pretty much any NBA team, the zone is a wrinkle that can kind of throw you off your game a little bit. Right. I mean, yeah. again, they're pros, they should know how to attack a zone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I just think Bobby's so, so valuable against something like a zone because when he does get a catch and you know, whether he's it's on the perimeter and he takes a dribble in to, to get into a mid range push shot or, you know, whether he's catching at the foul line uh, the fact that he's got that touch, like him and Brooke, right. Like they both have really good sort of touch throughout sort of all over the court, really. Uh, but it's just one of those really useful kind of skills for him to have. Um, and I, you know, remind me back of, you know, game six of, of the NBA finals. I think he had two baseline jumpers in that, in that decisive fourth quarter against Phoenix that were just huge buckets. I mean, he was m- a massive part of the bucks. Again, we've said it before, but we'll say it again. He was a massive part of the bucks winning games five and six against Phoenix and the NBA finals. Um, and again, there's going to be nights where Bobby is not going to play a lot, probably, especially with Jay Crowder available and Brooke and Giannis, obviously um, being your first choice guys, your two starters. Uh, but it's just really useful to have Bobby be able to, especially give you that offensive shot in the arm. So shout out to Bobby Portis. I thought this was actually a pretty solid effort from him defensively as well. And, uh, you know, again, he's had a, obviously a really key role for this team as a six man. I don't, I don't, I don't really have us any like strong, Oh, he should be the sixth man of the year uh, thing, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Like he's, he's such a, especially you think about regular season, right? Just having a guy who his durability, the fact that he can play both, both big spots and just night in and night out, you know, he can give you offense when, you know, you don't have to create all those shots for him. Right. He's a guy that can go get, throw throw the ball in the post, give him the ball on a kick out, attack a close out, or just hit a three. Um, he's just been such a useful guy, just being able to eat innings, right? And you, especially last year, right? I mean, think about the fact that the Bucks were able to as well as they were last year with Brooke Lopez missing most of the season. I mean, again, Bobby deserves a ton of credit for being that guy that that was able to step in and 
you know, just eat innings. We see it when Giannis rests, right? That's it's no coincidence that, you know, Bucks are really good when Giannis rests because Bobby just says, all right, I'm going to go give you, you know, 18 to 20 points. I'm going to play my 32 minutes tonight because we need that. And, uh, you know, nice to see him do it against a really good team that, you know, could be a team that you play in the, in the second round or, or possibly may probably not the second round, but probably, you know, potentially in the, in the conference finals. I hope you don't get him in the second round. I hope it's a conference finals opponent um, in Philadelphia. All right, just a couple final notes from this one. Grayson Allen obviously tweaked his ankle and left the game uh, early and didn't return. It won't surprise anyone that uh, Bud did not have an update on uh, his injury post-game, but uh, we'll see how that goes. The Bucks aren't playing until Tuesday night. They've got uh, Washington in Washington. Then they'll come home uh, for a back-to-back uh, against the Chicago Bulls. So only four games to go in the season. Two games up on the Boston Celtics now, but as we know, they don't have that tiebreaker. So, yeah, the Bucs are got to win. You know, you win three of those, you're obviously okay. Uh, that would be the plan. Take care of business in this Washington and Chicago game here later this week. Uh, the other one was, obviously, Thanasis didn't play. He was suspended for that little that little headbutt on Blake Griffin from the last game. So he'll be back uh, for that game against Washington on the bench, no doubt uh, about that. All right, check out the Locked On one, game. Go on, go on. One, one thing just to, to talk about. So Grayson Allen, I mean... I don't think he's playing on Tuesday, right? We it was a pretty, it wasn't the nastiest turn of an ankle you see, but like that, that's the kind of game, that's the kind of ankle turn that you expect guys to miss time for. Hmm. He's been pretty much a zero the last three games offensively. I think he's scored what three, three, and now tonight two points in twenty minutes. So it's not like he's been producing at a high level, but obviously he's a guy that Bud has been loyal to as a starter this season. Um, we t- mentioned it the other night. As far as the bench rotation goes. You know, Bud is not playing 11 or 12 guys right now. I mean, he has a nine-man rotation right now. Again, could vary game to game, but Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis off the bench, Javon Carter, Joe Ingles, the other two guys. So you, that that's a nine-man rotation. Pat Connaughton, conspicuously, one minute in garbage time. Wes Matthews, you know, more understandable because it's been the story all year. Just the one minute. Dragic, Bochamp, uh, they also got in for some of the garbage time, but um, an interesting opportunity here for particularly Pat Connaughton. I would assume Pat Connaughton is the guy that is going to, you know, take the Grayson Allen minutes, whether he starts, I don't know. They may opt obviously to start Javon Carter. They could do some different things, but um, I don't know any, any thought from you as far as potential significance here of, and there's not much time left in the season, right? Like who knows Grayson Allen could miss the next three or four games, which would be the rest of the regular season. What do you kind of see as far as, potential impact on rotation and and who may benefit from that yeah if he's gone pat would be the guy that i would suspect that would come in and play just because they actually kind of bring similar things to the table i, I think historically you would say pat is is a better defender but uh his three-point shooting has been down this season uh, but they do do a lot of the the little things that i think for the most part go unnoticed and that's why i've tried to praise grayson allen for different things and he actually twisted his ankle doing one of those little things by diving yeah. up for an offensive rebound that created a, another possession. So he was doing something that was that uh, I think obviously Bud uh, takes pride in and, and probably why he's been playing. And then you just trust him as a shooter more than Pat, even though that he hasn't been knocking him down uh, of late. So yeah, Pat makes sense for a, a more similar uh, type player, but Hey, he struggled from three, Frank, we've been, we've been talking about it for a while outside of one game against Utah. It's been a real battle. Yeah. 34% from three for, for Pat. It doesn't um, feel like that though. I'll tell you. Yeah. It feels worse. Doesn't it? But he's, yeah. he's had some streaky, 
you know games where where he's made them of late. So, um, you know, again, I, I I'm if you had to go into the first round of the playoffs and Grayson Allen still wasn't you know ready to play, I don't think any of us would be particularly concerned about that. I think obviously we have some questions even about Grayson, how he matches up with some of the top teams in the East. Um, but obviously you want to have all these guys healthy, but again, this is, this is why you, you have like having depth so that you can say, Oh, we don't have Grayson Allen. Okay. Pat Connaughton, Wes Matthews, you know, step on up, step on up and, and here's your chance to, to make an impact. So um curious if one of those guys, uh, Pat, Pat would be the, I'd say the leading candidate to start um, in Grayson's place. Um, unless they were to go with Javon, who again, we've obviously seen Javon, start a lot this season as well but um at least you have some optionality and let's cross our fingers that this is the last of of the bucks injuries that, that we see in this regular season because um yeah let's let's just have a healthy playoff run you know let's not spend the summer playing what if about you know this guy if he hadn't missed that series or whatever it might be not not a fun way to spend a summer um so fingers crossed uh grayson is feeling better sooner rather than later. And, and obviously that, that the rest of the guys um, avoid anything here heading into the postseason. No doubt. All right. Check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. Get your new stats, info, scores, analysis from around the NBA, all the action, every game from the local hosts across the network. It's a pretty cool podcast and easy to consume. Little 60 second grabs from all the hosts. So it's a nice way to catch up on all the NBA action. That's a Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. Uh, Additionally, this is the podcast you really want to care about, though, and you really want to subscribe to and comment, drop a like, all those things. Free to do so. We appreciate it. It helps us. Let us know what you thought about this performance tonight against Philadelphia. Are you feeling a bit better than you were two days ago? I assume everyone is. As I said, a back-to-back later this week, we'll have podcasts uh, right throughout the week, four games until the playoffs start. So we are really getting towards the serious stuff now. Really excited for that. Locked on Bucks will be with you throughout the postseason run. Catch you guys tomorrow.